Yo, what's up, people? This is the Solar Kid. Welcome back to the Other Side of the Sun podcast. Today, I'm hooking up with the old school bra of mine who is out in Vancouver, Canada. Introducing Alistair. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, bro. I'm, uh, I'm good, man. It's been, been a while. I must yeah, say. yeah, like you said, about 20 years, bro. At least, man. At least. So, uh, are you sure? Lots of, lots has happened uh, in that time. That's so I sure. haven't seen you like when we finished school. and No, I did see you after school because you were still around for a bit. Yeah, I was around for a bit. I went to uh, Butts Tech, the good yeah. old days before it was U- UJ. Mm. And uh, I finished my uh, my IT diploma. And then uh, I think once I was done with that, I was pretty much out of there, man. Started traveling. and Yeah, that's what I remember. You were just on the ships, like just traveling the world. Like, <laughs> whenever I heard you were somewhere else. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I'd done the ships for about five years and uh, worked my way up there and just had a, had a blast, man. Just I can imagine, man. Many different places and, uh, you know, met some cool people. Obviously, I met my, uh, my now wife on the ships. Oh, did you? And, okay. Uh, I did. Yeah, and she was not a passenger. She was also a crew member. <laughs> I know you're fraternizing like, with the passenger. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Fraternizing no. <laughs> with the passengers, yeah. Exactly, yeah. No. So she, she was crew as well. And uh, I met uh, I met her. And uh, yeah, we've we done a couple of contracts together on, uh, on the ships. And then, uh, yeah, man, she was the one. And uh, decided like, Come to, to Canada. Uh, to move to Canada, I was like, where do you want to stay? We were like, okay, uh, it's going to be South Africa or is it going to be Canada? So um, I was like, you know what? This is a no-brainer for me, man. As much as I love South Africa, uh, yeah, I, I had to make the step out yeah, of it. Yeah, of course, uh, especially if you're going to be raising kids and stuff. Not to say anything that it's hard, but yeah, man. if you're from South Africa, you are, hopefully you understand where we're coming from. We don't mean, <laughs> we don't mean that it's bad. No ill will. No ill will. Yeah. Family's still there, friends, and meeting up their families and stuff. So I, I mean, if I didn't meet Stacey, my my wife, I, I would probably still be living there and, and bringing up family and stuff, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's just the way the the cookie crumbled, and uh, pretty much moved out to Canada, Vancouver, and uh, yeah, just got into it. Yeah, started you know find work. Uh, you know, obviously, I had uh, got a couple of kids, two boys, hey. um, which I think you do too, right? You have. Two boys or got boy two and a boys girl? and an older girl, yeah. Two boys and an older girl. Wow! Congrats, man. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> they definitely are keeping me uh, very, very busy. I can imagine. And, uh, Actually, I know. I know. You know. I know. Man. I don't even have to. You know. Imagine. You know. You got to You know, man. These, <laughs> these, these, they, oh, I think I cool. Like she's fine. Girls are cool, bro. But the two boys, like, oh my god, man, they. Something I wouldn't know, man. I just have two boys, so I just know the country. You only like, know. Jumping on top of each other and on top of me and my wife. And I'm just like, where does all this energy come from? It never stops. But, uh, I guess it is what it is, right? Yeah, it never, never stops, stops, man. It never stops. How long have you been in, like, when did you actually move there, like, and get married and stuff? It was like 10 uh, years. So ago. my wife and I got married in 2008. And, uh, and then we've done another couple of contracts on the ships. So I've probably been here since about 2000 and since about 2009. Um, I actually moved to Canada and then uh, started working. And uh, just you have to go through the long process of uh, becoming a citizen. So I finally became a citizen uh, a couple of years ago. 
and yeah, uh, once I became a citizen, um, you know, life became a lot more easier, obviously, to just, you know, because you know, like, this is now your your home. And uh, I wanted to become a citizen because my kids are obviously Canadian. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I just, you know, I decided to make the, make the leap. So now I'm a citizen of Canada and uh, yeah, just uh, just raising the kids and stuff here. I've been back to South Africa one time. Only once? In oh, wow. Only once. It's uh, it's just so far and uh, it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and, you got know, two kids. Uh, Same here, bro. Two kids and it's just like before you know it, it's like boom, right? Mm. So uh, It's hiring a car, yeah, it's a car seat, we, all that stuff. <laughs> exactly at least you have accommodation like you have a place to stay because you've got some family and stuff uh, there but uh, yeah man it, uh, it adds up it adds up very fast right and the, the main thing is just having the small two small kids and sitting on two flights because going to going to South Africa from Vancouver um, we normally go via Hong Kong and then from Hong Kong to, uh, to Johannesburg what so you go uh, the other way around the world we go the other way dude we go the other way. Normally, normally I used to go via, uh, Miami? via, uh, not Miami, um, Atlanta. So via London. Okay. And then down to, to SA. Um, but yeah, that, Damn. for some reason, that route is just, it's harder, man. I think it's because of the time difference. Whereas when I fly to Hong Kong, it's like you fly like a, into a different time zone and then down to South Africa, which is just a bit easier on the body. Yeah. And plus, I love Hong Kong Airport. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's normally how we how we do our thing. Um, and yeah, man, I just I got nothing but good things to say about Canada, man. It's it's awesome. I know you in the UK now, right? Mm, London, yeah. So you are you based there as well? I've been here since two thousand and five. Oh yeah, yeah. So literally, uh, yeah, man. So. Uh, it's crazy. I just, you know, I constantly just look back and just think about, wow, you know. Uh, I mean, obviously, we were, at, we were at parties together. Florida Park High School. So, shout out to yeah, all the people from parties. Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's man, funny you say that. That was awesome. We had a... We had a no, I'm just saying it's funny you mentioned that because I literally, I had Jason on a couple of um, podcasts ago. Oh, like, yeah. It's not out yet, but I had yeah. him on. And we were just talking about you guys whenever I, because I used to be like on my own mission and then come check you guys chilling at the toilets, you and Obiza and, and Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> come check oh, my oh, that's, that's funny, man. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's funny. So it's always so, you. Uh, yeah, man. Obviously, good, good memories. Got lots of good memories from, uh, you know, from parties and just in general, just growing up, you, you know, we used to. Obviously, frequent the same places and parties, one one five reality, oh, yes. stuff. The very niche, um, the very niche places before they were like very you know. niche, man. Very niche, very niche, yeah. very cool. You know, like uh, I had a blast growing up. Obviously, uh, you know, ch- checking out all these places and stuff. So uh, it was a good time, man. This is the other side of the sun podcast with your host Solar Kid, brought to you by Spidecaster for baobalb.org so I mean those places were like um, it's like 115 they were like of the first places where you could hear good music they were multicultural you know I mean there was all types of people yeah. in there like literally it was it was ahead of its time man literally though. 
man, I just I just used to love the the, the deep bass dropping tracks that they used to play. Like it just it's it's up until now. Like if if uh, you know if I have some time or whatever, and I just want to relax, I'll uh, I'll put my earphones on and I'll just go into like some seriously deep house music, just uh, or hip hop or whatever. And uh, you know those are all near and dear to my heart. Anything music really is near and dear to my heart. So um, yeah, just listen to some tunes and just reminisce and and enjoy it. You know, yeah, no, no, uh, very very soothing and uh, and relaxing. So it's been good. I won't lie, for me, like there was a stage where like I was so sick of house music because that's all you used to hear <laughs> in Jobo. And then when I came yeah. to London, like I literally I was off it for about like. A good two, three, four years. I just couldn't listen. Yeah. To it. But then the more you miss home, the more you like. Yeah. And I mean, now Maybe I even yeah. make house Maybe music yeah. and stuff. Like I even actually produce it as well. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I mean, I used to DJ. I don't know if you remember when me and um Curti used to do uh, yeah, yeah, you and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you been back? Um, probably, I'd say three years ago because okay. my daughter was there, and my son yeah. was there. And when we had the third, it was like, "Aish, now it's." You're gonna have to put that on, uh, you know, for yeah. like once, maybe every five years or whatever. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's it's very expensive, obviously. You know what I mean? For sure. You yeah. can say the exchange rate and yes, pounds and whatever, but still, like, you know what I mean? You know, when you come to South Africa, it's like, yeah. It's uh, it's it's mostly the plane tickets that just kill you, man. You know, like mm. when you look at those prices and then. It's just like, oh my goodness. So. How about for you, yeah. it must be heavy. That's like too low. Because I mean, from us, South Africa from London, it's like we're more or less on the same timeline. So you don't lose any sleep or anything. And it's an overnight flight. You leave in the evening and you land in the morning unless you go via Dubai or whatever. So now for you still coming from there to here, that's eight hours, nine hours or something. It's horrible, man. Yeah. I remember when I was on the ships, obviously I used to do that, uh, that trip a lot. Because I used to do six-month contracts. Um, so I normally get off a ship like somewhere in like either in like in the, in the States somewhere and then have to fly back to South Africa and it was grueling, man. It's just, it's long and it's, you know, it's cramped. I'm not exactly a small guy. You know, I'm like <laughs> five and I'm like, to these like small little seats. <laughs> Economy class. <laughs> 11 hour flights back to back, right? So you just like, ah. Oh. It's uh, it's brutal, man. But yeah, you just get through it, you know. When you when you're young and uh, you got no issues, all oh, good, man. You're just uh, too happy to go home. So where haven't you been, bro? You you must have traveled pretty much all over the world, then. Definitely traveled to some awesome places. Um, I I mean, obviously, there's places I haven't been to. But uh, what I would say is my favorite place that I went to was uh, in Tahiti, in Bora Bora, and. Uh, my wife and I done that trip and it was, man, it's the, it's so beautiful. It's the most yeah. beautiful part of the world I've ever seen. Just like you can walk out for like miles into the water and it's just blue. You can let me see the fish like swimming, you know, in between your legs and stuff. It's like, wow, this place is awesome. Wow. So uh, hopefully one day we'll get to go and, uh, and visit it again. And Have you uh, been to the East much or? Yeah, we done, uh, we done, uh, different places actually that trip that we were on we were on a 62 day trip uh it basically started in i think it started in japan if i'm not mistaken um so done all of japan uh, done some china hong kong australia all the you know french polynesia um oh yeah yeah man just been around obviously the caribbean all of the uh, 
the west coast of you know California up to Canada, Alaska, um, all the hot spots where the cruise ships go. We've done the yeah. Mediterranean, um, Greece, all those places. Man, it's just seen some beautiful places and and yeah, just just love it. Man. So uh, yeah, I think that's probably why I wanted to settle down here in uh, in Canada. It's just it's there's it just so much to see and do here in uh, in Canada. And I've only only been in Vancouver. I haven't even traveled in uh, like to Toronto or Quebec or any of these other beautiful places. Yeah, I mean it's massive, it's massive man. I've got a friend who lives there in Vancouver. Who's from oh, Luka yeah? originally, you know. Nice. You went to Boston Primary with me as well. Like um, I I don't know if you even because he didn't go to high school. Yeah, he, he had already moved to um, the states by or to Canada by that time. But his name is Ronald Swartz. Okay, the, the last name sounds familiar, Swartz. One of those things where it's like you see the picture, like oh yeah, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Used to play soccer at basketball or whatever, you know. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure if I see, but uh, no, uh, I'll yeah, I must say because I'm pretty sure he's in Vancouver because he's always sending like he loves to um, do outdoor stuff. So he's always sending pictures of these amazing lakes and forests yeah. and. Day out there where you yeah, guys I just are. recently got into uh, into doing like uh, kayaking and paddle boarding, um, and yeah, man, like BC is now is renowned for just the most beautiful outdoor areas where you want to go and do you know rafting, uh, camping. It's huge, like hunting, all like a lot of big hunters yeah. out there. Um, you know, just a lot of hiking, all that kind of thing. It's, it's gorgeous, man. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, we try and get out as much as we can. And um, actually, where I live is uh, it's like in the suburbs, so uh, we stay on a it's like on a mountain as well, and it's beautiful, man. We've got a bed around us. It's crazy. Like I literally, when I go to my car, I have to make sure, like, and check around, make sure there's no bears that's gonna jump out. And uh, really, you know, yeah, they like everywhere, dude. It's it's crazy. Um, mountain bears, actually. Yeah, we seem to. Uh, you know, live live together. We coexist, and uh, you know, we, we make the. Best I need it. to add that to my holiday destination list. Yeah, yeah, you gotta check it out. I've I've obviously been to the UK. That was one of my first trips, and man, you, you can't go wrong in London either, man. It's just so much uh, much going on there, and you know. Well, that's the thing, yeah. When you're young, and you know, like London is probably one of the sickest places to be. So we like we live just on like. Still in London, but literally just on the edge. So, like, we're kind of closer to the, like, we've got, like, a nice like, uh, park here, um, Lee Valley Nature Reserve. Yeah. And guess what river it sits on? Which one? The River Lee. <laughs> Rivax. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I live funny. in Rivax. <laughs> you, live, you live in Rivax. <laughs> But yeah, literally on the river Lee, it runs all the yeah. way down to it's London. It's so funny, man. Like only certain people would obviously catch that uh, that joke. <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. Sorry uh, for all my other viewers. You know, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, man. So, um, yeah, dude. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, life has been life has been good, but it took a turn for me. As, uh, as I'm sure you know, uh, it took a turn for me. Whew. 2019, uh, December 3rd, 2019. What led to the diagnosis? Like, did you, was it just a routine checkup or were you feeling ill or? Uh, I was diagnosed with stage four 
collateral cancer or colon cancer. So uh, this is the part where the interview obviously takes uh, <laughs> a, a bit of a, a, bit of a twist. Um, so I have been battling uh, cancer uh, for, yeah, pretty much uh, a year. Um, I'm still speechless, man. Every time I think about it, I'm just like, I'm still a young dude. Uh, we're probably the same age. We are on 40 years old. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to be 40 like, next in Feb. Yeah, so I'll be 40 in November um, of this year. Yeah. So uh, we're both, you know, around the same age. And obviously at that age, you uh, you don't expect to get a diagnosis like, like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's a weird one. And, and this is probably the part and the information that you know I, I want to get out there to to your 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 following and whoever people um I had no symptoms like that I can really say, oh yeah, this and that and this and that. Like I I'm a health I was a healthy guy. Um you know I worked out uh I ate pretty healthy for the most part. Um you know obviously I've got my uh <laughs> my uh I like my sugar and I like my uh you know, I do like my food. Um, so I wasn't too, you know, concerned about that kind of thing, but, you know, healthy enough. And then, uh, yeah, one day I just, I, I did have a, you know, I had like, it felt like heartburn. But what's going on here? And that was probably in October. Um, I was like, okay, it's, you know, maybe I'll, uh, you know, ease up on the coffee, ease up on, you know, some of the, the sweets and stuff and just see if it goes away. And uh, it didn't really go away after I probably say, Three weeks or so. Um, you know, I was taking just like, like a heartburn like feeling. Or yeah, like... just like a heartburn feeling. But that's about it. And then um, it started getting more intense. Like when I started sleeping on my side or on my front, like I, it, it almost felt like like a pain in my like in my gallbladder or something. I thought maybe it's a kidney stone or like, I wasn't sure, but I knew something was going on in there. So. But, you know, us guys, you know, we put it off and I just say, ah, you know what, I'll just I'll give it another week. I'll start, I'll start drinking, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, maybe that will work because, uh, you know, I, uh, I, you know, you just try and start thinking about, like, you know, what, what you can do. So stop that for a while as, as well, probably at least three weeks. Um, but the pain was still kind of there, but not severe, just like very light, you know, so it's I was like, okay, um, it's probably time I gotta go to check out my doctor. And uh, I called my doctor, and he was on vacation, believe it or not. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll maybe just wait till he gets back, which was gonna be in like two or three weeks. Oh, shit. But I was like, you know what? That pain was getting a bit more intense. So I, I, I called another guy um, that was recommended by one of my family members and uh, another doctor. Uh, went in, went to go see him. We ran a full blood work panel, and uh, he said, you know, it's probably. It's Probably nothing to worry about, but let's get the blood work done um, and we'll go from there. So, uh, you know, went in, got the blood work done, uh, you know, got the call back to say, you got to you got to come see me. We, we got to chat here. So, uh, went in, sat down, had a conversation with my doctor, and we basically thought it might be a case of uh, maybe colitis, maybe uh, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. Something along those lines, because what was happening with my blood was my inflammation was sky high. Like there was so much inflammation in my in my blood, and that's what worried him. He was like, "Whoa, why? This is this is high. Like this is not good." Um, 
So you gotta, you gotta, you, you, you know, you're probably gonna have to go do a colonoscopy. And if it is IBS or colitis, um, which is still pretty intense, um, you know, disease to have, um, but not obviously as bad as cancer. Um, you know, I was thinking, okay, fine, you know, we'll check it out. We'll, uh, we'll do the colonoscopy and then, uh, you know, we'll decide which, which treatment plan to follow. And I just have to, you know, adjust my diet a little bit, all that kind of thing. And then, you know, we'll be good to go. Um, so went for my colonoscopy. Um, about 10 minutes into the colonoscopy, doctor stopped, said he couldn't complete the colonoscopy because he found a, a tumor in my, in my colon. Um, and he said it had been there for probably about maybe five, six, maybe even seven years. What? It had been there. Yeah, man. Um, and you, and you it, never, you didn't even have any idea of this thing. Nothing. I don't even have cancer. Like, like my mom, dad, grandparents, nobody. It's not even in my family. Like, where I can say, oh yeah, like I've got an aunt who had breast cancer, and uh, that was about it. You know, um, that was a like close family. You know, obviously there's yeah. some other second cousins and all that kind of thing. But in terms of close family, um, just just my auntie was the closest one I, I could remember in my in my time at least that had that had cancer and beat it. So um, this was like a shock to me, man. I was like, what? <laughs> just complete shock, you know? And you just, you don't know like what to do at that time, but you yeah. just kind of make the news. And um, yeah, I was just basically told like, you know what is that? That's, that, that's a tumor. And uh, the, the doctor that I was seeing basically said that, uh, you know, he's been doing this a long time. He doesn't want to freak me out, but uh, he knows that's cancer for sure. Because I guess some people have tumors, but they're benign or whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But he said he just he just looked at it and just based on the size alone, he was like, "That's that's not yeah. good." Um, so yeah, so I basically, you know, got the news, uh, and that's when life changed, man. You know, uh, you just try and process everything at first and. I'm still processing it, man. I'm yeah, also but I'm sure it's not it. something you can actually just process. I'm still processing it, you know. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, you, you basically get the diagnosis. I took it on the chin, as they say. And, uh, you know, like I, let's say I done the uh, colonoscopy on Monday. By the Friday, I was already seeing a surgeon to say, like, what's my options? So uh, with cancer, it's... Before cancer, I obviously never knew much about it. Um, you know, you, you hear about family yeah. or friends or whatever that you know that have had it and you don't really know what it really is about until yeah, you actually exposed to it um either as you know as a patient or as a caregiver um and yeah man it's it's a whole new world buddy that's all i can say like uh you know it's it's surgeries it's chemotherapy it's integrative you know, approaches as to how you think you might be able to, you know, fight the cancer or that kind of thing. So for me, for my cancer, I had uh, what they call stage four cancer. And, you know, to give you a bit of a breakdown uh, and your, your audience, um, you know, you can have cancer stage one, two, three, or four. Um, anything below stage four is, uh, I, I, I would say anything stage three and below is, uh, I mean, and it's severe. Um, but stage four is what they would say the, the most, the most drastic kind of cancer you can have because it's, 
metastic. It's metastasized. It moves to other parts of your body. So I had a primary uh, a primary uh, tumor in my colon. And what made mine stage four was I like you have a I guess you have a, a organ that covers your your abdomen. It's called an omentum. And uh, I didn't even know what that was when I heard about it the first time. Oh, so if you don't know what it is, yeah. I I got it, man. But uh, I have these like little. It's basically like the cancer is in little nodules like all across my belly. Um, and and that's what makes it metastatic is because it's in it's in different parts of my body. Yeah. Um, so and why that makes good. it difficult is like surgeons can normally operate on cancer if they feel that they can get it and they can, you know, actually have a positive outcome. But with a stage four cancer, they're very, very picky about doing those kinds of cancers, depending on where your cancer is. Because once they open you up and kind of go in there and, you know, try and get the cancer out of your body. If they can't get everything, um, it, it, it could actually make things worse, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> so normally if they, if they, you know, they look at all your scans and they'll see if you qualify for a certain type of surgery. Um, and if you do great, um, but if you don't, um, then they'll, they'll, they'll just say to you, no, you, you are basically inoperable and you have to start, uh, you know, a treatment plan and uh, your treatment plan is obviously chemotherapy. Um, so there's all these different kinds of chemotherapy drugs that you treat for different cancers. And, uh, you know, if you're lucky and you get some shrinkage with the cancer, meaning that uh, the can meaning that the chemotherapy is actually working on in your body. If you get some shrinkage, um, you might qualify for a surgery at a later date. Okay. So, so I'm in that process right now where I'm, I'm uh, I'm on a chemo. I've been on chemo since my f- my first chemo was uh, December twenty fourth, two thousand and nineteen. Literally the day before Christmas. Um, so that was my first chemo, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's a rough road um, with the chemo because uh, you know you have you have basically I don't want to get into too much of the details because it's. Like a little, uh, <laughs> it's going down a worm or uh, a rabbit hole, as they say. Um, but yeah, it's uh, my chemo that I do is I do it once every two weeks. Um, and I started with a chemo called uh, Pull Fox, which yeah. is some nasty stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no. I don't know how much you know about chemo or what you know about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm close to a few people who have cancer and I've yeah. been vaccinated, so I. Yeah, I know a little bit about. You know a little bit about, yeah. and maybe see what it what it does to people, right? Like, it's uh, it just it kills everything, man. It goes it goes to everything in your body, right? So, it kills the cancer cells, but it kills all a lot of the good stuff in your body as well. So, um, you really got to keep your body as, I guess, what what's the best word? You got to try and be as healthy as possible, even though that sounds weird. Yeah, but you got to eat. You got to keep your weight up. Um, try and balance it out. Balance it, right? You gotta be eating, um, you know, the right stuff to keep your energy up. Um, you know, obviously during chemo week, um, it's 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 a rough road because you just you have zero energy. Just like all I literally want to do when it's chemo week is I just want to lay on the couch and put a blanket over my head and I don't want to be be bothered. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously with two little kids and a wife and a household and 
you know, life life is going on, man. You life know, goes on. Great. So, uh, you know, you kind of just have to push yourself where, you know, where you can. And fortunately for me, I've, I've got an awesome wife and family that's very supportive. And, uh, you know, it's, man, it's, and, it's um, a crazy road. You're listening to the Spudcast, a podcast from baobalb.org. Tell me, like, so, I mean, over here, like, a lot of people have been missing treatments and stuff because of COVID. Yeah. And how has that affected you? Like, has it um, changed much? Or were you still able to get treatment and stuff? So, thankfully, um, in BC, in Canada, um, they've done a fantastic job with the managing the... Uh, you know, the COVID-19 crisis. So um, by fantastic, I mean, we didn't have a crazy amount of numbers like our neighbors, you know, down in the U.S. So I thought they'd done a pretty good job. Um, you know, obviously not everyone can be happy, but um, they were able to, I was, I was able to still get my treatment. So I was able to still get my chemotherapy. Um, obviously, you know, suiting up and going in because you have to go into the hospital to do it. And uh, as a as a cancer patient, you watching all this on TV where it's like if you're immunocompromised, you yeah, gotta, like, any support, up, yeah. you gotta, you know, stay indoors, you can't do this, you can't do that. So I'm obviously freaking out a bit because I'm walking basically into a hospital that's got yeah, the outbreak, you know what I mean? This is where all the sick people are. So it's like, Am I going to do this? Am I not doing this? Should I stay home? Like you're having to face all these like crazy decisions, you know, like even just going to the store, you know, um, and to go buy something like it's not just as easy as, you know, jumping in the car, going in and, you know, it's all good. As you well know, like with COVID, you have to have a mask on now, you have to sanitize everything. It's just a nightmare, right? So, um, yeah, obviously going into the hospitals and stuff, I was, I was quite concerned, um, you know, about what's going to happen. But fortunately, so far, um, they haven't stopped it. I haven't gotten COVID. Um, I've been just, we've been keeping our bubble really small. So uh, yeah, it's no, be like, just like my wife, my uh, my kids, maybe like uh, their grandparents, because my mom and dad are still in South Africa. So they're not, not uh, in, in Canada with us. Um, you know, and a few uh, additional family members, like probably more and, you know, and, and, and stuff. So. Uh, we keep our bubble really, really small, and uh, you know we've actually pulled our kids pretty much out of school. Um, so I, I homeschool my youngest kid now. Yeah, uh, well, not I do it, but my wife homeschools uh, homeschools him. Um, and then my my oldest, who's eight years old, um, he's still connected to like his school class and stuff, but he does everything online. online yeah. um, so we just have to like be really, really conscious about how we. Uh, you know how we do things because no, that's uh, good man over here the people have some people have been missing chemo people have been not getting treatment mm-hmm. i think only in the last like month or two things have slowly been you know people have been allowed to go to hospital again and stuff like that like in the first three, four, it was like people you know even people with like mental health issues or people who have kids with learning disabilities there was no support like there was well not much yeah. going on at all it was all just COVID focused. Yeah, wow. I, mean, I actually had I, I tested positive for it like a month ago and I had it for like a week or something. How was that? Um everyone says it's just like a cold and it is slightly, but I've never had a cold like that. Like, you know what I mean? So 
I mean, I, you know, in the beginning of COVID and that, me and my wife thought we had it as well, which is why she was off work from the beginning before lockdown started. But this was like, I lost my sense of taste and smell. And mm. like, I had a few days where I was like, just drained of energy and like, you know, I a slight cough and a bit of a fever. But it didn't last very long with me, like about a week or so. And then I was over it. I mean, I'm quite healthy as well. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Um, glad to hear you uh, got through that okay because. You just don't know, right? Like, yeah. Like, the thing is, I mean, I, I like, yeah, it was just a weird feeling. I've never experienced losing my taste and smell ever in my life. So it was weird for me. Like I was making like hot food. I was putting chilies in and stuff like just to test it to see if I, you know, when yeah. I had a shot of whiskey, I couldn't taste nothing, bro. Like, it was, it was weird, man. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, a, it's a nasty, uh, it's a nasty thing, man. And I just hope like, you know, it's like you, see, you put on the TV and it's like, it's so weird because you'll see like one young person, like you see how it's okay after a week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you made it through, you're healthy enough and you, you, you're okay, you know, but then you look at the next young person and they got a ventilator stuck down their throat because they can't, they can't you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and obviously it's, you know, some, obviously it's, it's related to some fatalities. So I literally sit here even with my stage four diagnosis and I, and I'm grateful, man, like for just being able to have that opportunity to, to fight, you know, because some people don't get that opportunity. They step outside and they, you know, they're in an accident or, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to ask about the, I'm like, what's the healthcare situation like in Canada? Because obviously in the States now, if you don't have medical insurance and stuff, you're fucked as well, isn't it? Like you, <laughs> you know I mean? mildly, yes. Yeah. Um, you know what? If I was anywhere else in the world, I think I would have been screwed. Um, That's what I'm thinking, bro. Like, honestly, you really... Canada is uh, the healthcare system. You know, obviously, there's people who love it. There's people who hate it. For me, as a as a cancer patient, I can go into, you know, the hospital. I can get my chemo. And I don't have to pay a cent for it. Wow. Which is, like, insanity. Like, if you go into wow. the youth, you're paying, like, two grand for your chemo treatment for, like, one treatment. You know what I mean? It's It's not cheap. So just based on that alone, um, oh, dude. you know, it's amazing. Like people are like mortgaging their houses all over the world. Because yeah, in the States, especially like, you know, and stuff like that. You no, know, it's crazy, man. So from, from that reason, Canada has been amazing. Um, basically all of that kind of treatment is taken care of, like chemo, any kinds of, you know, anti-nausea medication, all that wow. kind of, all covered through our system. Um, so we do obviously have high taxes and if they, you pay, for that, you know, through our MSP coverage and stuff, but it's certainly not, uh, you know, the amount of money that, you know, some other people have to do in the States and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so um, so based on that, it's awesome. Um, obviously, there is a lot of, uh, you know, with this cancer, there's a lot of different approaches that people take. So, uh, you know, depending on who you're talking to, some people will either say, I'm not touching chemo, not going to do it. I'm just doing, uh, you know, the natural way. Which is, oh, yeah, that was leading me to my next question. I was going to ask oh. you, um, you, are you into trying any alternative uh, medications, Ayurvedic or cannabis, CBD, all those types of things? <laughs> I mean, it's legal in... in, in, in it uh, certainly is. It Canada. certainly is uh, legal. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely open to, uh, you know, the integrative approach. So, I do, obviously, I do chemo. My chemo is once every two weeks. So I'll go in uh, on a Tuesday, basically. I'll sit there for four hours. They'll, they'll infuse me with, uh, with chemo. 
and then I get a little, a little. It's basically like a little bottle of chemo um, that I put in a in a little little pack around my waist, and I wear it for forty eight hours um, at home. So I bring the chemo home, and I I basically I'm like sitting on my couch watching TV, and it's attached into a. Uh, I have like something called a port, uh, which is uh, it's basically just like a. Uh, like a catheter that they place into oh, your yeah, yeah. and so when you get your chemo they just attach it in there it's like over time um, exactly exactly right so um, I got that um, and I basically do my my chemo that way um, so yeah man that's uh, you know what can I say about this the chemo the chemo is like I, I definitely have something called chemo fog or chemo brain which is uh, you kind of forget things sometimes <laughs> so one of the good things i use about chemo is i uh you know i blame everything on the chemo part if I, didn't, <laughs> if I didn't take the garbage out i'm like oh yeah, yeah. you know so uh you know i try and make make light out of it as best i can i'm a, I'm a pretty positive guy i think i've always been a pretty positive guy yeah and, man so uh you know so uh I, I try not to get stuck and dwell in the in the sadness of it. You know what I mean. Um, but in terms of like the alternative medicines, are you not are you trying anything or are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I do. Uh, I do high dose vitamin C. Um, so I have a naturopath, and uh, I work very very closely with her. And uh, so I do high dose vitamin C, which is really good. Um, you know, for energy and you know, obviously all the vitamins and stuff. Um, I was doing something called uh, ozone therapy, um, and what that is, it's it's kind of crazy. I don't know if you've heard about it before, but um, they basically hook you up to an IV, and they they take all like they fill a bottle with your blood. So it it's like re reoxygenating your blood. Reoxygenated exactly. Okay. So it pulls all the blood out of your yeah. system, and they they add the ozone, they add the oxygen into it, they shake it up, they clean it up. And, and then, then they pump it back into your um into your system. So mm. I did that's that. pretty high tech shit, man. Yeah, I know. High tech, that. man. I was like, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take my blood out and then put it back in. I'm like, am I gonna be like, is this an operation? Or like, is this a surgery? Like, no, we just do it with the IV. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so that was when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've done that. Um. I'm just about. I think next next week. Um, I'm going to be starting something called mistletoe. Um, so I have to basically do these injections into my abdomen. Um, I don't know much about it right now because I haven't, I haven't actually started the, um, you know, the the actual treatment. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And uh, it's supposed to be really good for like activating your immune system and uh, and going after the cancer cells. So, uh, yeah, we'll give that a try. You haven't uh, tried, um, I mean, the reason I'm asking about, like, uh, I was going to ask about the cannabis, because I've heard, yeah. like, well, I mean, I've heard some I, really good... For sure, man. So, it. I do I do use uh, CBD um, and THC oil. Um, uh, I'm open to that as well. It's uh, it's very good for pain. It's very good for nausea. Mm, uh, yes, yeah. For, like, anxiety. Uh, all, all, all the stuff that it's known for. It's uh it does, man. So uh, you know, like there'll be days where I just I can't get anything into my system, I can't eat. And that's that's the worst thing that can happen to a, a cancer patient. Yeah. You don't have any weight on you, you can't take the chemo, which means you can't fight the cancer. So it's like you've gotta eat. But then it's like 
okay, but you can't eat sugar because you eat sugar, that's going to feed the cancer. Or if you, you can't eat too much carbs because that's going to turn into sugar and feed the cancer. And it's like all these crazy, like, don't eat this, but you can eat that, but don't eat that. Because, you know, so um, it's been a bit of a, a crazy transition in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of making these adjustments. But thankfully, it seems to be going pretty well. Like I've, I've made a full, basically transition. I, I hardly eat meat anymore. I hardly eat chicken, hardly eat red meat, um, yeah. egg. Um, if I do eat them, it will be like maybe once a week, maybe, um, just to get a little bit of protein um, that way. But I'm, I'm basically plant-based now. I get all my protein from beans and, you know, different. I do juicing. I juice all different kinds of vegetables, yeah, vegetables all that kind of thing. You know, man, I, I've, seen, I've seen some posts from you that, uh, you know, you're into that, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I stopped eating uh, meat about two years ago. But I, I'm not like, it's more red meat. Like every now and again, I'll have fish or I'll have some chicken, you know, if I feel like it, but generally also plant-based. And I think a lot of people should, well, not should, but like you, you see when you do take the approach, you just have more energy. You just feel a bit lighter. Like when you eat, you don't feel bloated. And there's nothing wrong with eating meat or whatever. But I'm just saying like, even if you just try and do it a couple of times a week, I promise you feel better. Really yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, I can it, understand it, why, but you like say why you got like a vegan diet going on, kind of thing, pretty right? much, man. Like, like I say, I when I was just diagnosed in, in December, obviously, that six months after that diagnosis, I was like, like strict, man. I was like yeah. just eating like really, really, you know, what like non, non processed foods, like just really anal about things. Didn't you lose weight then in the first month? Because you can see. Yeah. Like, I used to be, I used to walk around at about 220 pounds and I'm currently at 20 kilograms. Uh, yeah, I guess what, they're about 100, 100, 100 and something kilos. No, because uh, I know when I stopped eating meat, like the first, after the first month, I literally went the same. My mother was like shocked. She couldn't, like, yo, you need to eat some food, bro. Like I lost about 12 kgs in like a month or something, you know, 10 kgs in a month or something like that. Yeah, same year, man. And I, it balanced out eventually afterwards, and I started finding ways to eat. And you know, what do you do for protein? So you basically do your beans and like chickpeas and all that kind of thing. Beans, yeah, and I mean, I actually I'll drink some protein supplements sometimes yeah. as well. Yeah, but there's loads of things with protein in them. Yeah, and like yeah. And honestly, before my diagnosis, um, and this is, you know, I often think that this might be part of why I'm in this position. Is you know, growing up in Josie. Uh, you don't really care about what you're eating, man. You just go and you're gonna go get bunny chows, or you're gonna get a chop. But do you do you think it is though? Do you think it's it's what you eat? I I think for me, like obviously everyone's different, right? But yeah, I think so me, mine was definitely part of my diet. I definitely yeah. not most of it, but like I would say like fifty percent of why I think I'm sitting here is because of my diet, like. I mean, I was, you know, I was a party animal, dude. Like, I, yeah, I, I remember, really, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I drank what I wanted. I, I ate what I wanted. Um, I used to smoke for the longest time. Um, you know, I, obviously, when I was traveling on the ships, you, you sleep for, like, two hours, three hours a night. Um, you know, so I, I look at, I look back at all those things that, you know, I can't say for sure that it's that, but I certainly feel like that might be part of it. You know, I've been part of it. So, you know, no regrets or whatever, but I, I uh, 
I do think that's, you know, that's uh, how, how I sit here. And, you know, some people are lucky. They can smoke, drink, eat whatever they want for 80 yeah, years. Yeah. And they yeah. have no problem, right? There are just certain people who are like that, man. Like my, my, my business partner, like I swear, I, I, he's, um, he's Caribbean, right? But he's born yeah. in, in here. And he's got this like slimish body, also about six foot. He plays, all he does is he plays ball every week, like once a week. But this yeah. guy used to eat whatever he wants, do whatever he wants, and he just stays the same. Like it's like, and he's older than me. He's about 45 or something. But it's like, you know, some people just have that, like, you know. Yeah. For me, yeah. I've always kind of watched what I eat and not always, but like, like especially from my mid-20s and stuff, I like, yeah. you know, always looked after, I've tried to, you know, be healthy-ish and stuff like that. It's, it's, you know a, it's a big difference, man. And, you know, in the same breath, like, you, like obviously with, with this diagnosis, I've, I've started reading a lot more. So I read a lot of books and stuff now and obviously can. So watch like documentaries and stuff funny just to see like what's out there. And, uh, you know, you then you have the flip side of the coin where you have the guy standing there saying, I've been running all my life. I've been a vegetarian all my life. I've always, I've never smoked, I've never drank, and I've got stage four cancer. Yeah. What gives, you know? So in my research and in my reading and stuff, um, you know, obviously it, it, it just depends. Everybody has cancer in their body. Yeah. It just depends what your immune system is going to do to, to either fight it and get past it and kill, you know, kill the disease before it becomes an issue. Or if there's something going on with your immune system, it's not, it's not killing off those cancer cells. And now it's starting to kind of fester and it just does it over time, over time, over time. And then that's what happened in my situation is you just, you don't see the signs and it just starts okay. developing, you know, and then boom, before you know it, you got a basketball in your belly, you know? So, for me, all I'm trying to do now is, you know, anyone that I speak to, especially from, from our community, you know, from the, from the, you know, the, 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 the colored community, um, this disease, this cancer disease is a game changer, man. It's happening more and more to younger people. Um, as you probably saw the, the, the Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, one yeah. of my total heroes. Um, he was just diagnosed exactly the same like me at 39 years old and he battled it for four years and, and that was that, you know? Um, so I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much time I got. I really do not. Um, you know, it could be three, it could be four years, it could be 20 years. Um, the, 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 the gauge is really all over the place. And once you start getting into the, the literature, you'll see that people will say, you know what? Don't, don't, you can't give up hope just because you get a stage four cancer diagnosis, right? Like there's people that have had stage four and they either on chemo for life. They've been doing chemo for 15 years, man. 15 years. But this is, um, this is what I wanted to actually ask you. So like, so like you say, you don't know, you know, you don't know if you got three, four years, 15, 20 years, whatever. So in that same breath, yeah, like that is, all of us are like that. You know what I mean? Like we, we all living life to like, nobody knows how long we have anyway. So like, does that, that should be, and it will it bring me to my next question as well. Like that should be like, for me, um, the appreciation of every morning and every day that you wake up and give things because it's so easy to like, just love and especially when you love, like, you know, somewhere cool, like, no, not cool. I shouldn't say cool, but I mean, like, 
Canada, where you know, like you're not worrying about like being murdered or like yeah. robbed and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's like easy. You just go. You have your coffee. You go to work. You can get like really caught up. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, none of us know when we are gonna go. But like, the most important thing is like, because some lots of people will say like, "Oh, what's the meaning of life?" Uh, to yeah. me, it's like that's it. It's life. You live. You year. That's it. You have to live. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. The future, it's not the past, it's not, it's now, it's right, like, mm -hmm. no, it's now, you know what I mean? Which, yeah. um, is, which I got from this guy I follow who's a, a guru, he's called Sadguru. Yeah. You should check him out as well, it's really yeah. awesome, like, and I mean, those are the types of things that I learned, like, from him and whatever. I was going to ask you, are you spiritual or, like, and has, has this affected you in any way in that sense? Or do you... The infamous question, um, it's... I would say before my diagnosis, I was, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think most of us in the colored community, we were either brought up Christian, you know, very Christian, yeah. Protestant, or, um, or Muslim, right? Like yeah, we, Muslim, we coexisted yeah. all together next to each other, and we all know it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I was definitely brought up very, very spiritual, but I didn't necessarily follow in that path. Um, Did you go to that church with my cousin and them, Joanne and them? Um, I used to go to EBC. EBC, yeah, I swear that my cousin and so Joanne and Leanne and them all went to that church. Yeah, yeah, there was, there's obviously there was a bunch of people in that church and I uh, loved, loved going there, grew up in the church, grew up, you know, going to Sunday school, all that kind of thing. So it's not foreign to me, you know. In it, there was a wanna from that church. You got it, buddy. Okay, Awana. now I used to go, we used to go there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you I remember your sister. Song, our song in the morning and, uh, you know, like my mom and dad and my grandparents and stuff were all involved in the Awana. So, um, you know, praying and, uh, you know, talking about God and, you know, going to church, whatever. It's, it's not uncomfortable. It's not like, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm not, I'm not freaking out about it. I'm actually very comfortable talking about it. And, um, I would say that this diagnosis has opened up. Like I never used to think about energies and how, you know, how the spirits in the air and stuff like, you know, and different things that's happening, um, you know, can affect your body. Like I never used to think about that kind of thing, like even meditation. Like I used to be like meditation. What? I can't even sit for like five minutes. But now since my diagnosis, I meditate probably an hour a day. 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon. And, and my meditation always starts with, you know, obviously namaste and, um, you know, I'll thank my God. So I'll do a bit of a prayer in there, um, you know, and everyone has their own way of doing things, but I do a lot of uh, visualization. So like crazy, man, like just visualizing my body getting healthy, visualizing the cancer leaving my body, awesome. visualizing my mind staying strong, you know, like just all these different little little parts that all have to come together. I, I, I try and fit it into this meditation. And, um, you know, sometimes I try not to get too carried away because the whole point of meditation is to, <laughs> you know, is to just calm your mind. Yeah, to peace and to um, breathe. But yeah. it's, also, it's also a good time to, to think, you know what I mean? And uh, I find that the meditation helps me with just, you know, putting everything in, in, in its right compartment so that I can function. Um, you know, with uh, with the family and stuff, because like I see, you know, I got I got two boys. They, you know, they got soccer practice. My my youngest child, believe it or not, is, is special needs as well. Um, you know, he's autistic and he's got uh, another uh, diagnosis called Rubenstein baby syndrome. So we've been battling 
How old is he? Even though my battle started with cancer last year, we've literally as a family been battling crazy stuff in our family since since my kids were small. My eldest son had uh, he's now eight years old. He had something called osteomyelitis in his uh, in his arm, and he nearly lost his arm and his life when he was two weeks old. So um, that was a crazy experience. And then uh, my younger son, who's now just turned six. Um, he was diagnosed with Rubenstein-Tavy syndrome. Um, and I won't go get into all the specifics, but it's basically, he doesn't, he doesn't talk much. Um, you know, he's got learning disabilities, all that kind of thing. So that was another long road and set of challenges that we've had to work through. And he just, he just got an autism diagnosis, um, earlier, you know, in the last few months. Um, so that's been, been a crazy trip as well you know because that's like it's just appointment after appointment after appointment and trying to figure out how to how to deal with that you know so um all all of these i guess things in life and challenges that we get like everyone has their own their their challenges man you know and it just depends on what what form it's going to come in whether it's going to be you know death of a family member you know losing losing your home um whatever there's there's everyone has their you know their the journey. Um, so I really feel that, you know, some of the stuff that we've been through as a family has prepared me for, for this journey, you know, and, uh, as everyone is probably doing the same thing, they're just trying to find their purpose, what they need to do, what, what kind of impact they can make, how to raise their family the right way, the values, all that kind of thing. And I think for the cancer diagnosis, it definitely just makes me think about those things a lot sooner. So like, where I was before maybe thinking like, oh, I've got 10 years to get my son up to speed up on teaching him certain things, you know? Like, oh, it's fine. There's no rush. Mm. Now my now my mind is more like, I almost wow. put, like I work, my, my mind is pretty logical. So I'll, I'll be like, okay, so between now and five years, let's say I've got five years. What am I going to do in the next five years to make sure that I'm living life to the fullest, you know? And that's where I look at that Chadwick Boseman where I just think like, just imagine that dude, like at 39 years old, he gets a cancer diagnosis, stage three colon cancer. Probably in the, in the same month, he gets a contract to be Black Panther in the blockbuster, this biggest blockbuster movie that crushed it. In this, like, he literally done the same thing together. And I'm just like, when I, when I look at that and I see like, okay, I got my, my diagnosis. Instead of like just crawling into a hole and like waiting to die, um, you know, get out there and and just just try and live life to the fullest, man. And take every every breath that you take in, every moment is is life. That's it. That's the way I, I break it down. When I when I take a deep breath in, that's life. When I breathe out, that's life leaving me. And once once that breath stops, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, as long as that breath is is coming in and out, then I think with the, my meditation, I, I really focus on that. So like the opposite of pain in the body, all that kind of thing. So if you can separate the pain from what's actually going on, um, you know? Yeah, because one, one of the mantras um, that we go through, like especially when we, um, you know, when we perform any type of Kriya or like meditation, one of them is I'm not this body, I'm not this mind, you know? I mean, that's, that's just one of them. There's a few of them. Obviously, there's Aum chanting and whatever and stuff like yeah. that. But obviously, you have to find the ones that suit you. But yeah. 
bro, like your spirit and your strength, I can feel it, man. And I can I feel your positivity. And like, honestly, it's like, it's, it's, it's really uplifting because there's so many people who, you know, don't have your diagnosis and aren't living. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's millions of people in the world who literally, they just, they're not living. They're not, you know what I mean? It's like, what's the point? You know, you're just not adding any value to your family, your friends. You're just existing, basically. It's like a slap in the face, man. I tell you, that's what it feels like. You just like, you just like wake up all of a sudden to be like, oh my goodness. Like, we, like you said earlier, everybody knows they're going to die. We all know it, right? It's just a question of, of when that's going to happen. So like, what are you going to be doing? You, I don't want to be like waiting now until I get to, you know, whatever, 60 years old and trying to like, you know, get some stuff done. Um, I want to try and do it now, man, if I can, you know, so, and that's one of the things that we do. And that's why I started getting into the kayaking and the paddleboarding and, you know, starting to, you know, go out and really just enjoy all the beautiful forests and stuff that we have around here. Go walk in the forest, you know, and just, just appreciate, you know, getting up in the morning and, you know, having a wonderful meal because sometimes I can't eat, you know, sometimes I can't yeah. eat for two days. So when I eat, I'm enjoying that food, man. Um, or, you know, when I'm just walking down down the street and I don't have any pain in my belly or in my in my legs or in my hands. I'm super happy, man, because I'm like, this is this is like like the best because I'm I'm not in, in I'm not uncomfortable, you know? So mm-hmm. um yeah, I've really just learned to cherish cherish those moments that we have, like no matter how small they are. No, no, it's I, I completely I get that completely. I mean, in 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 a lot of the the yoga philosophy or mystic teaching, they teach you about mindfulness, and that is basically it. And like when I, you know, when I told you when I had COVID, I lost my sense of taste and smell. I know it's probably not comparable, but like for four or five days, I like I couldn't, bro. It was the worst thing I've ever experienced. So when it did come back, now I'm like. I'm like, this is a, you know, I need to appreciate, like, really appreciate this because without taste and smell, it's like, wow. I do, man. You know, being, I'm on a lot of like support groups for like cancer, obviously stage four, all that kind of thing. And I I read some stories and, you know, like, man, it's, it's rough, dude. It's rough. Like when you, when you read some of the stories and the surgeries and the pain that people are in, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm constantly trying to. Have you heard of David Goggins? <laughs> David Goggins is a is a is a motivational speaker, um, but he is hardcore to the bone. Please check him out if you can. I'll actually send you a link for some yeah. of the stuff. But he he swears a lot, but he's one of those guys who who basically rips you out of your seat and gets you into the gym. Or you know, don't don't be like, you know, you you can't change things. You can't control some things you know what i mean like yeah. you just have to let it go and you have to just get into it and and you know stop complaining stop making excuses kind of thing so for me um like i'm in a routine now where so one week is chemo week and then this week right now is my non-chemo week so which means that on my non-chemo week i'm throwing everything in the kitchen sink dude at my body so i'm i'm eating as much as i can i'm exercising as much as i can i'm doing yoga as much as i can um, you know, I'm supplementing as much as I can with whatever vitamins and stuff I need to take because I know that next week's coming, it's going to whack me hard, you know? So I got to 
basically like I'm just I'm in training for next week and then I'll have another three or four days of like just being like garbage and then just do the same thing the following week so have you heard of um, the Wim Hof yeah, method I've heard of Wim Hof I've heard of the, I've studied some of his breathing um, right. one of the things that cancer hates apparently is oxygen so um, that's one of the reasons why I checked Wim Hof, Wim Hof out so I do I do some of these breathing exercises for sure. Cold um, showers. Yeah, just getting as much as as much in there as possible. Um the cold so showers. Cold uh yeah. <laughs> 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 Can't quite get to that one yet. Um but uh yeah, when we, I was thinking about that uh cuz we need to go kayaking. We normally go early in the morning and the water's like cold, so I'll go in the water and I'll be like, "Oh, this is like like cold shower that I'm doing yeah you know but yeah, uh my friend yeah, there in um, yeah. in Vancouver he's like um I don't know if he's an ambassador for Wim Hof or whatever but he basically teaches the method and he's like a, a trained but like he sent me some videos of him in the winter there in because yeah, he was snows and stuff and he was yeah. in this ice pool that he had gone out and he's just busy paddling there and everywhere is full of ice and he's just breathing doing his Wim Hof thing there wow. just in this ice bath yeah. and it's good like like i said like for me i i've been open to learning a lot of new things so I've, i mean there's there's lots of healers yeah as well i don't know how much you into that kind of thing yeah like, yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm, I'm a music yeah. i'm in music so i know music so I, i've got a lady who does divine light energy um you know and she's done some work on me i've done reiki uh you know i've done uh, you know a bunch of these you know things that do acupuncture like three times a week and that's been a game changer for me for the pain and that yeah it just helps me with managing uh, like your liver because you under so much medication and supplements your liver takes takes a hit man so they they help me like just restore my liver functionality keep yeah i did acupuncture a while ago it's really really good it's, it's good man it's it's really good keeps my it, it activates your immune system um it helps with nausea like a bunch of stuff it helps with your spirit like the overall feeling the point here in the in the top of your head right here and my uh my acupuncturist is this like old like chinese guy um so they just has so much knowledge you know and it gives mm-hmm. me one for spirit in my, in my, in the center of my head and one in my ear as well like the yeah. needles and it's uh i mean it's not it doesn't hurt no but, i've done uh, it before it doesn't really hurt like i mean yeah, it doesn't hurt really hurt yeah. right um but it, i definitely i feel like it makes it different then you know like i say when when i hear people tell me like oh, you yeah you you've been fighting cancer for a year already i'm like yep and they say, well, you look you look really good i mean i've obviously lost a lot of weight but overall i'm i feel like i look really good you know no, but the like, most important thing is i can see your spirit bro and your energy and that's you know what i mean that is the key to everything that is life you know what i mean like you said that life force once you know you let go of that then you know what i'm saying that's you yeah. basically like you said curling up on the couch and just fucking you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah and you know I, i'm not going to say that life is all sunshine and rainbows all the time you know um because it ain't but uh i it's just you know how how are you going to respond to it how are you going to deal with it are you going to stay in that state of mind for you know two weeks because that's not good or are you going to you know get there recognize it if you anger be angry but then get over it you know if you sad be sad but then get over it you know mm-hmm. like you just got to move on and 
I think uh, like some words that have that's always helped me is uh, uh, it's just like it will pass. Like whether it's pain, it will pass. Whether it's you know financial stress, it will pass. Whatever I, I use that a lot with uh, you know when I you know in my in my meditation and stuff. So um, you know obviously there's a few different affirmations and things that uh, you know I say to myself and you know all that kind of thing and. Yeah, man, it's just it's just keeping your head up, um, you know, getting your getting your story out there. So thank you for giving me that opportunity to have a chat. And uh, no, you of know, course, bro. What's what's up? Because I'm pretty sure you know I like some of our buddies and stuff from parties and through the years. Like you know, I get messages from some people. We like you know, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, let's do it, man. So uh, <laughs> obviously, a lot of people, uh, you know, I put my story on Facebook and stuff, and uh, so I, I definitely had a lot of contact. So. It'll be cool to, you know, put this out there for people just to see where I'm at and what I'm doing and stuff. So uh, much appreciated, man. No, definitely, bro. It's been an honor actually having you on, man. And just also catching up and, and touching base after all these years as well. And what I'll do is um, we'll have a catch up maybe like in a, a year or something and see how you get going. Oh, goodness. On. You're making me scared with that kind of thing, dude. <laughs> Why? Don't be scared, man. It, 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 it's one of those things where it's like, I went to go renew my license the other day for my car and it's weird, man, because like death is on the door. Death is knocking on my door. I know that. You know what I mean? I, I can't, I can't not face that. You know what I mean? And, uh, so I know it's, I know it's knocking on my door. I know death is standing right there just waiting to say, come to Papa, you know? But in my mind, I'm thinking, hell no, I ain't going with you anywhere. You know, I am getting to my five-year point and then we can talk and I'll do another five-year. And so for me, it's like constantly just breaking it down into uh, into manageable steps, you know. But that's why I'm speaking positivity into the future, bro. You know what I'm saying? Speaking it into you. existence, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. We'll, uh, we'll definitely do this and uh, we'll reconnect. And hopefully I can share a very, very, you know, awesome story in a year. and tell you yo man you know i beat this thing and uh oh i'm still fighting it but i'm still here like i i, I just i don't know what that's gonna look like um but i hope for the best you know i, I got a family to fight for and uh that's what i'm doing man no i'll have you in my prayer and thought as well man throughout i'll be fighting with you man on the spiritual side of things thank you thank so, you man. Uh, you have my support there bro and obviously we'll stay in touch you know we don't know what i just know you do like uh you know, engineering, sound mixing, all that kind of thing. But it's probably, you know, a lot more to that than, than just that. <laughs> well, I mean, the more you watch the podcast, the more you'll get I will, I will. I'm, uh, I'm, Which is I'll kind of um, part of the reason why I started it as well. Because, like, I find people interesting and I find their stories interesting. And that helps me understand myself and my journey, you know what I mean? And I know, like, I've never been, I'm quite such an open, well, I feel like an open person. I've got such weird friends from all walks of life and backgrounds and, you know, yeah. sexual preferences and whatever. Like, I've really like, and I kind of wanted to bring that to this podcast, you know, to speak to people from different places, different walks of life. And, you know, hopefully by speaking to them, you know, just understand my journey. A bit it's very really diverse. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I, I love listening to podcasts. So, um, as as I'm sure most people are getting into that method of uh, you know of uh, whatever getting the information. Yeah. 
So yeah, man, it's uh, it's great, very diverse, lots of diverse people, uh, you know, that you've had on and stuff. So yeah, it's it's an honor and a privilege. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you, bro. Thank you, and uh, keep fighting, man. So yeah, Good plan, Good plan man. <laughs> <laughs> so people, this has been the other side of the sun podcast. That's my boy Ali over in Vancouver. Big ups and love, and uh, peace.